Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of FNI Rap Chat. Uh, this week we have got Kate Dolan, a wonderful horror filmmaker. Uh, you may have heard of her short, Cat Calls. Um, it did really well this year in a lot of uh, festivals and horror festivals. One of the film board shorts uh, from last year. Uh, we also talk about her uh, participation in the POV uh, scheme that the, that the Screen Ireland are running at the moment. Um and also talking about her kind of career in working in ads and that kind of thing. Uh, she's uh, a brilliant filmmaker and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really cool conversation. Um, how are things going with you guys out there? Um, as always, keep in touch with us. Uh, you can uh, interact with us on Facebook and the usual media outlets, uh, social media. Uh, drop us a line, let us know if you have anything that you want us to promote. Um, are people going to be down in Cork next week? Uh, we, w- I will be down. Uh, my own film, The Vasectomy Doctor, is premiering uh, as part of the Screen Ireland shorts at 4pm on the Saturday the 17th. So if you're around, uh, stick your head in. Um, all the shorts from the real shorts and the focus shorts scheme will be there. So uh, it should be interesting anyway. Um, yeah, so without further ado... We'll go to Kate Dolan. Kate Dolan, thanks so much for coming into the studio with us. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I've never been on a podcast before. This is very First? exciting. Oh, very good. Yeah. We're honoured. Um, <laughs> congratulations on your recent success with the POV scheme. Could you tell us a little bit about it, uh, what it is for, and then how the application process went? So, yeah, so the, well, I was about to say the Irish Film Board, Screen Ireland, still <laughs> getting used to that change yeah. of name. Um they basically, so a few years ago, they did a scheme called Catalyst, which a lot of people know about where um, films like Kiss and Candace, uh, Drummer and the Keeper and Without Name were made. So mm-hmm. it's like a super low budget scheme where they kind of build up filmmakers that are kind of getting into their first features or they want to do something different or whatever. And so the film board fully funds it with 400k I'm not sure how much it was Catalyst time, but it was similar. It was, yeah, 320 yeah. or 350 or something like so that. So it's yeah. like kind of like the eye feature scheme in the UK. So um, they did that a few years ago. All the films are great. They're really good. Um, and then recently, obviously, Screen Ireland started uh, bringing in these, you know, gender quotas and stuff like that to, I suppose address the issue of like to bring balance to the force yeah exactly (laughs) um yes that's exactly it um so they have this time the scheme is called pov and it's just like catalyst but this time it's just female filmmakers um writers and directors that are doing it yeah but the producers can be male so that's uh okay they see what's going on and i so a few months ago, they opened. They had the scheme. It was open for applications. I wasn't going to put in anything, right? Because um, I just didn't really. 
I don't know why. I just like, because I, I had a feature, I have currently a feature in development with Fastnet anyway. Right. And I kind of always thought that that would be my first feature. Okay. Um, and it's like my little baby, the script, and I love right, it. Right. So that was already kind of working away in development. So when POV came along, I was like, I don't know if I, because if, then this film will be my first feature if I do it. So Is it too much kind of thing to have two plates spinning at the same time? or? <laughs> Or was it just more of a punt, I guess? I don't know. I, I just, yeah, at the time, it just, I kind of just didn't have an idea that I felt was fully fledged enough to submit to POV. Yeah. However, uh, I went to the info day <laughs> and then about five different producers came up to me and were like, okay, what do you got? Let's put something in. I was like, okay, uh, here's some like ideas that are just very fledgling ideas, but they're, um, I guess, treatment i can do a treatment and just whip it up in two weeks or whatever because i think it was like 10 days till the deadline so then d levens who works for fantastic films she um me and her like have known each other a while and i really like d so she was like look let's just put it in and yeah. just do up the treatment do a quick look book there you go Kate <laughs> in a few days so i was like <laughs> working like crazy for about a week and then we got it in and the film board really liked it, so it yeah. kind of worked out for the best then, I guess. And did yeah. you need, what did you need for it? Um, it was like, yeah, so just the treatment really was the big right. thing. And then like obviously D, like writer's notes. It was very, yeah. but it was a very small amount actually, the application considering. Yeah. And then I, I always... Catalyst, it was like, you needed a script and producer's notes and director's notes and all that. And there was a lot to it for in a very short space of time. So that sounds like maybe they learned the lesson mm. from that. Yeah, I think as well with Catalyst, I think a lot of people went in with ideas, like full scripts that they were like, let's just cram this into this scheme. And right. I think the film were very, Screen Ireland, <laughs> are very um, conscious of like, basically that the ideas are developing knowing that this will be low budget rather than cramming something into a low budget scheme. Yeah. So they mm. want like something that will really flourish in the scheme rather than, you know, just I guess they, they want to build a house yeah. with you kind of thing. Exactly, you know? yeah. So we've got six months of development with them now, wow. which is great. So That's then kind of lovely. they kind of help you get the script Brilliant. up and running. And so you're writing and directing? Um. Yes, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and could you tell us as much as you're allowed to just about the general idea yeah so um, the idea so it's about a teenage girl who is a, kind of a bit of an outcast and a bit of a delinquent in school and she doesn't really academically you know progress like her peers and she doesn't really get along with her peers either so she's a bit of a oddball and then one day when her mum is meant to come in for a parent-teacher meeting about all this, she just doesn't come. And then her mum is missing. Um, so then for about a week, her mum's just missing. They're like out looking for her. And then she, the mum then returns. But the girl, uh, Charlotte is her name in the script, she is convinced that her mum that's not her mum and it's somebody else or it's something else okay. and it's like so it's a horror great oh genre piece again yeah, yeah lovely good fun any kind of influences <laughs> or references that were important for you um I mean I like I mean it's so hard with horror because I'm such a horror just obsessed with it so yeah. I mean I think it's like everything starts informing things that you do 
but then also like kind of you want it to be its own thing. So like I always try to like referencing. I suppose like Goodnight Mommy. Did you see that horror movie? I don't think I've seen it. No, no it's no. like about these two or like yeah these twin boys who their mum comes back and she's like it's like she's got loads of plastic surgery done and her um her face is covered in bandages and they think that it's not their mum as well. So that's kind of a reference. I suppose it's like, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or any of those kind of yeah. awesome. Capgrass Syndrome type movies okay. where people think they've been replaced by other things. Yeah. Cool. I love it already. Sounds great, <laughs> yeah. Um, just to go back to your formative years, what, what was like the... <laughs> your <first> formative years. <laughs> what was the first one? <laughs> we just made pop you up on the couch there. <laughs> um... What was the first film that had a big impact on you? Um, I was thinking about this recently, actually. So I was, I'm an only child and um, I used to just drive my mum mad because I never, ever would go to sleep. Um, yeah. And I, I, like, I would be like, why can't I just stay up and watch this movie with you? And she'd be like, please, just go to bed. <laughs> um, so I think, like, weirdly, the first kind of film I really remember burning into my brain is... Shawshank Redemption when right. I, I my mum just like gave up she was like fine just stay up and watch it and it was me uh, her and my granny were watching it and obviously like Shawshank Redemption has a lot of stuff in it that I think I was probably like oh, I don't know like six maybe yeah. but I really I was just like engrossed in it and I was like this is so amazing he's yeah. like escaping from prison oh my god yeah. and I was just like obsessed with it so yeah that was yeah. probably one of the first ones I remember watching I th- yeah I think a lot of people <laughs> are a generation because it, it was a video thing and it, I don't think it did that well in cinemas and it yeah, was kind of yeah. it was mm. a big extra vision hit or whatever and it put I, yeah for me it was similar it was kind of so engrossing and it's like oh this is the power of films kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. When he so, comes out of the shit tunnel and he's yeah. like, yeah, you're just like, wow, that's amazing. Say so what yeah, It's not really for kids as well when you think about no. it. Like no, there's like a rape, rape scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, I was thinking that. Like, what happened? Yeah. Um, so tell us about it. Like, so would you say that Stephen King has influenced you at all or is that just a, you know, was that one off? Yeah. No, he definitely has because then another film I remember staying up watching was Stand By Me. Ah, and yeah. I think I was, yes, as probably a similar age. And I was obsessed with Stand By Me. I insisted on, like, renting it all the time. I just, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is the best film ever. Um, and then, John, that girl's in again. She's asking for Stand By Me. We're only two <laughs> copies there. <laughs> just tell her there's none left. Give her the box. Or just give her something else. Um, yeah, so my mum was like, please stop getting Stand By Me all the time. I was like, I love it. Um but yeah, so then I, I I guess when I got a bit older, then I realized like, oh, those two films are written by that author. Mm. I should read some of his books. And then I like started reading Stephen King from when I was probably about 12. And then I, yeah, have read loads and loads of his books. So that would really be a big influence too, I would say. Yeah. And did you know from that age or as a teenager that you wanted to make films? Yeah, I was... I was really dead set on it. I think I bought my first camera. So I was, uh, when I got, I saved up some my communion money and my confirmation money. And then <laughs> when I just finished my confirmation, I was like, okay, mum, that's going to so buy a specific, camera. though. My com- my communion money and uh, my confirmation yeah, yeah, money. So the dedication. Yeah, is yeah. I was like, six I'm years that or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a camera with that uh, when I was like eleven, I guess. Then and then I used to make just like stupid films with cool. my friends. Yeah, and yeah. kind of never stopped. And then. did they have form and structure, or 
what yeah. kind of stuff were you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. there's a film we made, uh, we are probably about 13, 14. It's called The Rogue Wig. I actually recently got the tape, um, like... Because of the, the rogue wig, yeah, it's a great time. Because it was like the camera was a high eight. Um, yeah, I had so, one of those. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah, were yeah. kind of a weird medium mm. in that they never, like, they kind of died really yeah. quickly. So it's yeah. really hard to actually get the tapes off. Yeah. And yeah. I've been looking, but there was a guy out in Hoth who does them, and uh, I got it done recently. <laughs> and I put it online. Um, the rogue wig. It's so yeah, it's like about a wig that possesses people. So it's a horror movie again, yeah. That's great. I, I have a few tapes, so I must get that guy's number. Yeah, off. yeah. I think it's like, yeah. I'll send. I'll send to you. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and so, yeah. So, what age were you when you were making those? You were like all through your teens, basically. Was yeah, it? I think like obviously you go through a bit of your teens where then you're like being cool, yeah. and you know, I was, <laughs> I wasn't really that cool. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I did, yeah, still make stuff, but it was more like. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna hang out, go drinking with my friends. I'm not gonna film stuff. Yeah. Um, so I probably laid off it for a bit, but I was very still dead set. Like I remember going in. Do you know when you have to like talk to your guidance counselor about your CAO form or whatever? Yeah. And I had a special meeting because she called me and she was like, "Kate, am I a little bit worried that you've only put you only have film down? That's the only course you yeah. have down in IDT." And I was like. Yeah, but I'm going to get it, so it's fine. <laughs> she was like, well, what if you don't? <laughs> but I did, so joke's on her. <laughs> so you got it straight out of while you are doing Leaving Cert, you got the portfolio and all that? Yeah, um, so I had a... I, my friend was um, a massive nerd, and she wanted to get into film as well, and she was in a special portfolio class. Okay. Then her mum was like to my mum, oh, probably you should sign Kate into this because... The person's really good and that she like helps them like put a plan on their portfolio a bit more yeah. so I did that and then um, yeah me and my best friend we both got into film awesome. so yeah it was really nice uh, she, and she's still no she gave it up uh, I think last fourth year of film school she just had a kind of moment where she was like this is way too stressful making her grad film she was like mm. I don't want to do this actually right. and yeah. she gave it up so uh, yeah now she works in Kilmainham jail she, oh yeah, cool it's good <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how was your college experience then? Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it was, a, I was thinking about this and I think that going in when you're 18 is maybe sometimes a little bit of a bad idea. Yeah. Because mm. I think I was so young and I didn't really make the most of like renting out the gear mm. or learning mm. to use as much of the stuff as I should have probably mm. because I was just a bit intimidated. Like, And as well, I think it, like our class was five girls and 25 boys. So, wow. and you know, some of them are like mature students and stuff. So I think sometimes when they're leading the way a little bit, you get left behind maybe. Um, but I think I'd learned loads of great, like, you yeah. know, obviously it, it set me up for the industry and I made a lot of great friends who I still collaborate yeah. with now. So that's, I think, the best part of it. Yeah. Um, one thing, like, <laughs> it's come up a lot recently because Cat Calls, the short that I just did with the film where last year, that, that it's a horror, but it's my first horror short that I've done, even though I've, like, loved horror for many years. Mm. And I think the, the thing is with that is that in... In IDT, they really pushed me away from horror right. while I was in there because right. they were just like, oh, you won't get into any of the prestigious festivals. You won't get into mm. Galway, mm. blah, blah, blah. 
you make a drama and I was kind of like, okay. I don't want to do that. Yeah, Yeah. but at the time, I guess I was like 21, 22 or something. And I'm like, okay, they know what's best. I guess I'll do it. And then you're like, okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, like, because I, I had a similar kind of college experience, loved it and it was great, but I, for me, I found I wasn't old enough. I didn't, I found my voice, like my creative voice afterwards. Did, how, did that compare to you or yeah it's very like you kind of don't know you know you go in you're 18 and you go like oh, I want to make films and you're like why you know you <laughs> yeah. don't really know that <laughs> yeah. answer yet yeah 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 um, yeah so it wasn't until well after I think um, I kind of had an epiphany moment my grad film was on in a festival in London called Underwire which is like a women's film festival so it like celebrates female talent mm. and I went over for it because it was like kind of the first big like outside of Ireland festival that my graduate film had been in and I went to all these kind of talks and then I was like oh wow this is like these people are making films in a way that I didn't really like the penny dropped in a way and then yeah. I was like oh do they know I'm out of college now I guess right. yeah. okay um, but yeah it happens yeah. Uh, so yeah what, what did you start doing say straight out of college then um, just drifted around like everybody else for a few months I guess um, I <laughs> I entered a competition for Reach Out you know they like a mental health charity okay. um, yeah I, did, I, I entered one year as well yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. a great competition actually it's like the films that come out of it are really good yeah, um, any excuse to make something you know yeah, yeah. and uh, so I made it like it, it's about kind of teenage mental health so I made this like little spec for that competition that's like kind of an ad for Reach Out okay. um, I, I'm, we made it for absolutely nothing on like a, my friend 70 and we got all my cousins to be in it and stuff and then it won the oh, prize wow. yeah. yeah and but then the prize was money which was great yeah. but then it was also an internship in an ad agency oh cool so I started working there then which is called Callie Knee TBWA at the time but now it's just called TBWA okay um, they're a pretty big agency but they so then I worked there and they liked me and I enjoyed having something to do and not be yeah. sitting at home crying. So uh, I stayed working there for, I think, about almost two years. I think it was about a year and a half anyway. What, what was your role there? So I I was just kind of interning at first, but then they obviously realised I was more toward, like I could edit little videos for mm. them and that kind of thing. So then I was more in this production department and then I was I guess my title at the end was junior broadcast producer because I would send like organize the radio ad recordings and like do all the kind of radio ad production bits and that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. it was it was good it was great to learn agency side of like a lot of stuff yeah because when you direct stuff obviously ads yeah later you are on the other side of that so it's good to kind of like see that world a little bit which is good yeah a good experience overall yeah, yeah, I really, well, like, I mean, I, I'm i just not a person who's suited to nine to five at all, um, so that part of it. What a way to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't, like, I just kind of felt like a drone, you know, you're yeah. just, like, buzzing around, like, yeah. into work every morning. Yeah, we've had mixed kind of reactions from that environment, to, like, from people that we've had on before, you know. From the ad world. The ad world in general, yeah. Because yeah. you, so, you direct ads as well, right? Um, yeah, I've kind of I've laid off it for the past like year or so because I wanted to focus on writing the feature and all that kind of stuff. So it could be a bit all consuming, I guess. Yeah, and I think uh, it's a tricky thing because it's just sometimes if you're younger and 
an Irish young director in an ad, in the ad world in Ireland, you kind of have to take what you're given. You don't get the option to kind of have these big creative ad scripts because yeah. often they're like London big directors mm -hmm. come in and direct them or the big guys in like, you know, Rocket or whatever, right. they get the Ian Powers to do them. Yeah. Um, so then you're kind of doing these ads where you're not really creatively giving that big of an input and it can be a little bit tough at times. I find it hard if, uh, you know, I'm not fully like in it creatively yeah, yeah, you know yeah. if you're just kind of ticking a box be like okay well I love this actor but the client wants one with less freckles so they're going to get that and you're like <laughs> okay perfect could you tell us a bit about the Guiding Lights scheme oh yeah that was great um, so Guiding Lights is an organisation in the UK that they kind of get filmmakers and pair them with a mentor to help you kind of get to the next level of your creative career um, so the, it's mainly for UK filmmakers, um, but the year that I did it, they had it open to one Irish writer and one Irish director. And because the film board had just signed on to this like women in film thing, mm. they, it was like two female writer or a female writer and a female director. So um, I got it on Alva Cohen. Do you know her? She's a great writer. She's fab. Um, but she got the writing position. So then, yeah, it was really cool because everyone else on the scheme actually was even kind of older than me and yeah. it was almost like they were mentors in a way too because some of them had done features some of them had done like loads of really cool stuff so I was kind of in awe of them being like this is amazing yeah. <laughs> um, and I got paired with um, Alice Lowe she's like a female writer, director, actress of kind of horror she wrote Sightseers the Ben oh, yeah. Wheaton yeah, film yeah it's brilliant yeah. and she mm -hmm. wrote and directed Prevenge which was her debut feature that she kind of directed uh, while yeah. she was pregnant and starred in it while she was like heavily pregnant uh, so she's just like an amazing powerhouse yeah. of a yeah. human being yeah. and what like how much time did she have with you or what kind of insights did you get learn from her did you become besties first of all no unfortunately oh. not I mean like it's she, the people that obviously are mentoring you are so busy like yeah. she just had so much on so mm. like it was mainly condensed down to a few skypes and calls and emails but she was amazing like because cat calls was in production and post-production when i kind of got paired with alice and she was amazing like i would send her cuts and she would send back emails that were like masses and masses of notes of just being like this is great but you could try this and da 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 like she's just so smart yeah um and it was great to just like see her and she's just like so unapologetically just like you know I, I remember I met her in London uh, for a meeting over coffee um, once and she had her baby with her and she was just like yeah yeah chatting away and I was like oh I have this meeting with the company tomorrow in London and I'm feeling a bit nervous about it and I don't really know like can you give me some advice she was like to be honest, that company, like, <laughs> whatever. She was like, if they don't like your idea, that's their problem. And she yeah. just, like, kind of had this attitude of, like, that instilled a lot of confidence in me that I probably didn't have at the time. And um, so now I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. If they don't like it, they don't like it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, <coughs> where in, sorry, because we're jumping around a bit. But where does your short film, Little Doll, where did that come in the time? So, yeah, so... 
when I was slaving away in TBWA, uh, my ad agency life, I was getting very kind of frustrated because I hadn't made anything and I was just kind of working there all the time and doing contracts and boring things. So I was like, I need to get to, get out of here and do something. So I the started... One, the one last light left on in the office kind of thing. She's like, she's, she's writing. She's writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you go home? Why are you working? Oh, no, you I would leave things? the office as soon as I could <laughs> yeah. and then write at home. Um, <laughs> just scribbling noises from the back. <laughs> um, so I wrote Little Doll while I was working there. And then, so Little Doll is, for anybody who probably doesn't know, it's... um. A drama about a young girl who's about 10 who kind of first gets her first crush on a peer who happens to also be a girl. So it's like about first realising that you might be different in that way um, when you're kind of too young to understand what it is. Um, And it's very personal to me. uh, And I wrote it and then nobody in Ireland wanted to fund it because I think it was just... I, like, I'm not sure what... I, I thought the script was just bad because we just kept getting turned down every, across the board and everything. And I was like, OK, maybe it's just bad. But then I had submitted to Berlin Alley Talents and you could it, when you did your talents application, you could add a project at the end and they have a short film script station. So if you have a short film script, you can go to this like workshop for a week at Berlin Alley be part of talents and then you get like mentored through writing a new draft of your script or whatever. So I put it in for that and then I was like, oh, that, I'm obviously not going to get that either because everyone hates this script. I hate it too. This is awful. <laughs> um, and then I got it and I went to Berlin Alley Talents and I was like, maybe this script isn't bad. Maybe there's something else going on here. And I think maybe it the content is makes people a little bit uncomfortable yeah, and yeah. I think that might have been it at the time and it was before the marriage referendum had come mm. through or anything like that so it was still a little bit it was just yeah I love the shorts uh, thanks for sending it on uh, yeah kind of wanted to ask you about that because uh, I suppose it was a bit bold or whatever it mightn't seem so no, well, it's now, not, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't know? be, but just to th- yeah. that must have been what was happening. Maybe well, harder sell, definitely, but back then, but not you know, you know, it's a, it's a great piece of work. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like you know, people think sexuality and they think children, they go yeah. like taboo immediately. Mm. But uh, you know, I think so often LGBT people are kind of it's seen that their sexuality is like they're only seen as like the sex part of their sexuality because mm, that's, mm. that's what differentiates them at a core between a straight person. But, you know, when you're a kid and you're gay, you can have a crush on somebody and like you, you know, it's nothing to do with physical attraction. Yeah. It's more yeah, just yeah. like you have a crush like yeah. you do when you're straight and you have a crush on someone when you're a kid. Uh, so how did that do for you then once it was made? Um, yeah, so we had to, we've self-funded on Indiegogo because still, even after the stamp from Berlin Alley, nobody wanted to give us any funding. So, um, yeah, we rocked ahead and made it ourselves. And then that was a very long process because obviously everyone was working for free and the editor edited it over, like, his weekends when he wasn't working in RTE, right. like, like, Kev Kari, he's a great editor. Um, he did it at home on his computer over a summer yeah. like and so it took ages to get it done yeah but uh then we premiered at Berlin Alley because obviously they knew the project from before so I think that helped us a little bit and yeah. that was great because when your premiere is there it just opened so many doors because like so many other festivals are like oh 
cool this short's been here do you yeah. want to screen at our festival and it's yeah. very exciting so it, it worked out pretty well <laughs> cool yeah yeah uh, yeah so that maybe tell us like what was the pitch for cat calls then so kind of off the back of it was really funny so Little Doll, the year it premiered at Berlin Alley, it was the only Irish film at Berlin Alley. Right. But the film board, we emailed the film board and they kind of, I don't know, it just kind of never happened. And it was a bit of a, like a few people then said it afterwards. It was like, that seems really weird that they wouldn't have promoted it more. Mm. And it's, you know, obviously they didn't fund it. So I can understand maybe that aspect mm. of it. But, you know, only Irish film at Berlin Alley, you'd think it would be get a bit more publicised by them. Um, so I think they felt a bit like, oh, Kate's a legitimate filmmaker now. We probably need to pay more attention to her um, from that. So that kind of helped in that way. Um, and then, yeah, I wrote Cackles after... So Cackles... Yeah, what was the impetus behind behind it? What brought yeah. that about? So Cackles is about a guy who's driving around at night and he pulls in and asks these girls for directions and then he's just wanking at them in his car. <laughs> and then the girls kind of follow him back to his house. I don't I don't know if I'll ruin the ending, but it's a horror movie anyway. He gets his just desserts in the end. Um, but uh, so that I wrote it after me and my friend were walking home and um, a guy asks for directions. He's wanking in his car. It really happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got his license plate. So the kind of interesting part is I got a license plate. The, we rang the police. They were like, cool, we've got his address. We'll go to his house. The next day when we were giving our statements, um, the guy was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I wouldn't worry about that guy. Like, <sighs> He does that all the time. No, no, but he was like, uh, he was like, we went to his house and um, he answered the door and he was crying, like in floods of tears like a child. And his wife was in the hall. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh God, that's horrible. But it was really interesting to me because I was like, wow, you can go from being so intimidating to these two girls, then literally crying on your doorstep in front of your wife. Right. And it was just the parallels of the power play there really uh, set me off to write the script. So I was like, this is really interesting. Because I think the most interesting thing about Cat Calls is kind of that you know, shift of the power balance. Mm. And that's, I like writing stuff about that because it's, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it's really well cast. The, the guy played, played that really well. That shift, yeah. you know. Yeah, Martin, he's such a sweetheart. <laughs> I love him. He's just, um, oh, he was, because we, ca- we tried to cast, um, you know, we did a casting of like lots of different kind of guys. Mm. And, you know, so many of them, as soon as they came in, were really hung up on the masturbating thing and not looking too much like villain, blah, blah, blah. And they mm. like kind of talk the head off you and you're like, this, they're not getting it. And then Martin came in and he just like, you know, he totally understood what it was really about. Yeah, that's kind, kind of pathetic. Yeah, yeah, and it was, he just, yeah. It was great. And he's just such a pleasure to work with. He's just like so lovely. He's just <laughs> the opposite of his character. He's just like this. Yeah, that has to be man. stipulated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's never. He is lovely. Man. I know Martin too. He's really yeah, nice. he's so sweet. And that was that was the five minute shorts for Sri Lanka, was it? Uh, no, so it's the focus. Focus. Yeah, ah, we just had a very short one. So okay. they're 10 minutes or less, but ours was like, well, it was eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, what was what was the biggest challenge on that film? 
Um, to cats, was it? Uh, <laughs> no, I love that. That was like the joy to do. Um, right. I think the biggest challenge was probably the scale of it. Right. Because I think I had never really, apart from maybe ads a little bit with big crews, I'd never really had such kind of, it felt a lot of pressure on because yeah. you're like, you're given 50 grand by the film board and you're like, oh, this is too much money. I don't yeah. know what to do with it. Yeah. And then, you know, you run into kind of, you, you know, you have experienced crew members kind of patronizing you a little bit because you're like, I I've, I was kind on, of... On that particular short? Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. It's like, I think when you're kind of young and I think maybe I just like, I look a bit younger than I probably am, maybe. <laughs> um so I think, yeah, I, I kind of, that was the main issue. A few things like that where just people second guess you and kind of go. And then because you're in that high pressure environment and, you, you know, it's like, well, you need to make a decision about this now. What way are we going to do this particular thing? Whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm already doing that in my head. You don't have to tell me that beforehand. Yeah, but it's kind of <laughs> like when it's like, and then they're making suggestions and making you second guess yourself a little bit. So I think that that was the hardest part for me I think navigating some of that politics yeah. a little bit um, and also we had like it was a, I feel like a little bit of a curse shoot like the first night we shot it was just like torrential rain and wind and we had the next night we had um, lights on cranes too along the street to replace street light and uh, the high winds were just like making it fly around the place so we had to like basically and shooting with Pierce, I love Pierce. He's amazing. Everything he does is beautiful and fantastic. But like the second light, because of the high winds and stuff, the two crane lights, it took like six hours to light. And we lost like six hours of shooting oh, then, yeah. which was a bit of a stressful. Over the course of how many how many days shooting? So we shot over four days. Oh, so we so. really had to like, there's a lot of kind of coverage slashed immediately so I was just like how can we shoot this scene in like three shots and yeah. that's kind of it yeah. so there was a lot of kind of that in the moment which you know it worked out and it was like actually I I think the film is perfect as it is but yeah at the time I was a bit like we're now we're yeah. not going to have the scenes covered properly yeah, yeah. blah blah but yeah it was fine that's great and uh, what sort of reaction did you find you got from it um, yeah, it's a funny one because I think, like, obviously it's a horror, so immediately it's not everyone's cup of tea because some people just don't like horrors. Um, um, I think it was funny because our premiere was Cork Film Festival, which was tw 2017, and it was all the film board shorts they'd made that year um, in a little thing Program. in the Everyman Theatre. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And... That must, have been, that must have been lovely, that wasn't, you know, to be in that environment. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, here we go. It's well, I mean, now. it's horrible as well. <laughs> <laughs> All like my fears are on the screen. Sweating. Like the first time everyone watches on the big screen, you're just like, well, oh I'll God. just die here. Um, but... Yeah, I think it was a bit funny because all the other films were like these really like softly shot, like beautiful little dramas about like uh, families and stuff like that <laughs> or like cute mm -hmm. little quirky documentaries and blah, blah. And then like Cat Calls rocked in and everyone's like, what the fuck was that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like m people getting killed and penises. and uh, <laughs> So it was kind of a bit of a funny one. 
Um, so people I think either really liked it or were like what the fuck was that um, <laughs> and then we kind of had a quiet few months because a lot of the horror genre festivals are more towards October time of year mm-hmm. or later in the year so, so we kind of missed it yeah, yeah so then we were like kind of a bit like oh fuck we're not getting into any festivals at the moment it's a bit like stagnant um, but then we kind of it all kicked off again when we got into Fantasia in July, which was a big genre festival um, in Montreal. And off the back of that, it's just been kind of a reinvigoration of the festival life right. of Catcalls, which is cool. Yeah. 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 So does, that seems to happen a lot where you get into one of those bigger festivals and then other festivals kind of come to you then? Yeah. So it's especially in the horror world, like we, so we got the big ones. So we got like Fantasia, Fantastic Fest and Sitges. We just played at Sitges the other day, uh, day before yesterday. Where is that one? Uh, in Spain. Cool. Um, yeah. So they're like the really big genre festivals and kind of all the smaller then tier horror festivals reached out then as soon as they saw us on those programs, okay. which was great. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Kind of pl- plotted its own course then after that, I guess, did it? So what's next? What are you doing next? Um, what are you doing <laughs> well, I'm like obviously, yeah, so much stuff going on. It's a bit crazy. So <laughs> it's like, so POV obviously is happening. Yeah. And um, we've got a workshop at the end of, I'm not sure obviously when this podcast will be out, but we're doing a workshop at the end of October to start the script writing process and kick that off with a script editor, um, which is cool. And then that's obviously ideally shooting end of 2019, early 2020 which is a terrifying <laughs> prospect, um, but exciting and fun. Um, and then Catcalls is kind of this weird animal at the moment where we just, like it's garnered a lot of interest in the States. So since being at some of the stateside festivals, um, I've recently kind of been chatting with some LA managers and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully getting some representation there soon, which That's is exciting. exciting and scary. It's a whole different world over there. Like, I'm trying to learn it all now. I'm just kind of figuring it out because I have all these calls with like production companies there now and they're like Skyping me at 9pm. Do, do you like take meetings now and stuff? Yeah. Like, taking I'm meetings. like a real grown up woman. <laughs> it's great. No, it's really fantastic. Um, yeah, so everyone's like, what's the cat calls feature? Can you like sell this to me? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but uh, the feature that I'm in has been in development for like the past year with Fastnet and Screen Ireland that initially kind of started out as a cat calls feature but it's now kind of its own animal a little bit so that's called Silent Caller um, and that's kind of a coming of age story about a girl coming to terms with her sexuality while a monster is plaguing the town where she lives so it's like a creature feature whodunit type fun movie yeah Yeah. so that's um, also cooking away and maybe getting something somewhere I don't know Uh, I just finished the second draft of that the other day so I'm like Cool. Playing PlayStation now. Yeah, I have to give you ki- I have to give you kudos as well for your design. Some of the design elements and stuff of some of your work is really fantastic. A lot of people take their eye off the ball, especially young filmmakers mm. in terms of marketing and stuff. It's really excellent. Oh, thanks. Yeah, the posters. And yeah, 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 just everything. Yeah. Uh, the design, everything else, and the strategy is really good. I make all the posters myself. Do you? <laughs> well, good. Well, well, congratulations. Thanks. Um, what is your least favourite thing about making films and then what's your favourite thing about making films? Um, I mean 
I guess like uh, there was a moment. My favorite thing. I'll start with because that's nicer. Um, <laughs> I thought you might finish on that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, well, okay. Least favorite. Um, I don't know. I think I find that it's a a bit of a struggle sometimes. I don't know if it is the fact that I'm a woman or that I'm kind of like look young or am a little bit younger. Maybe I don't know. But sometimes, yeah, just commanding that authority on set mm. can be painful. And like on catcalls, as I mentioned earlier, just that little bit of back and forth between like sometimes people just second guessing you can be okay. really hard. Yeah. And like I feel like that can be tough. Um, and I, I think I guess least favorite thing as well at this point in time, it's kind of changing a little bit now, but uh just not having money to make stuff um and just kind of scrounging and scraping along and do trying like i do a lot of music videos and stuff like that and it's like you know it's just hard to kind of make stuff sometimes you're yeah. just like you're kind of being the production designer costume designer you're doing everything and that can be a little bit tiresome yeah. um but also fun yeah um and then favorite thing like, I think just the sheer fact sometimes that, like, on catcalls, like, it's such a crazy, well, it's not that crazy, but, like, you know, it's a pretty out there script and it's, like, you know, just a bit mad and fun. And on set, the first day of catcalls, like, I looked around and I was like, oh, there's, like, so many people here. There's, like, 60 people. This is so many. Uh, and I was freaking out. And then I just like started laughing to myself. I was like, they're all here to make this weird thing that you wrote. And that's <laughs> so hilarious. So I kind of love like moments like that where like, you know, you just have such dedicated crew sometimes. Like and on, you know, even ads and music videos as well. Like just people going above and beyond to do something. And then you're just like, that is so cool that they're just like so, they love filmmaking so much that they just want to make this. So you're with, like filled with gratitude. Yeah, yeah, I just love that. It's just like, you know, like I made a music video recently for Bitch Falcon and it's gonna be released uh later in October. But like we we had no money and it was like the costume designer we got, she like just pulled all the stops and like she went above and beyond what she should have like because I didn't really know her that well. The producer mainly knew her and it was just like really cool. It's just like really yeah. nice that yeah. people care enough to do that. What the hell is that? Is that in? It's it's like a bird call or I something. Don't I don't know. Sorry, yeah, sorry, that's my bird call. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's that's part okay. of it. Uh, yeah. No, that's great. Um, yeah. Um, so have you, this is something we kind of touch on with a lot of people who come in. What would you, as a uh, female, relatively young filmmaker, what would you say to other young um relatively young or younger filmmakers in terms of advice or what would you say to yourself a couple of years ago um i think like obviously the landscape's always changing um so when i graduated it's obviously even wildly different now mm -hmm. because you know when we, i graduated everyone was kind of getting 70s and you could shoot stuff and it was kind of cool and exciting mm -hmm. um but now like that's even more so it's kind of always jumping, I suppose, in terms of how much you can achieve yourself with like your own stuff that like Premiere Pro at home or whatever, like you can grade all yourself now and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I guess like actually 
uh, a lecturer in IDT recently um, messaged me and he was like, this girl who just graduated, she really wants to meet you for a coffee because she doesn't really know what to do. And like, I had a lovely chat with her, but I think what I said to her was just like, go and make something now, like make a spec ad, make a music video for somebody and don't wait around. Don't, don't wait around months to do it. Like just fucking shoot something now. Sorry. Am I like, no, you're, you're, first of all, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just like, cause I think I spend so much time. I'm, I'm a real like, perfectionist in my brain where I'll be like no no the idea's not ready yet I need to wait a few more months of looking at it first and (laughs) I think just that's like the bane because I think I could have achieved so much more quicker if I had just kind of said no fuck it I'm going to shoot this and just do it and like don't overanalyze it's not going to be perfect anyway you're going to hate it in a year once it's done (laughs) you'll be like you're always going to want to change stuff after so why not just do it yeah yeah Um, and I think for female filmmakers I think just you know it is sometimes a little bit you know you'll get the people like once on a shoot I had a camera guy say I asked him what lenses he had with him. It was like a small commercially type shoot for just like an online thing. And I was like, what lenses do you have with you? Because it was kind of the on the day meet the crew type job. And uh, he was like, oh, do you know something about lenses? And I was like, I'm literally directing this today. <laughs> Can Like, you know, sometimes you start up against just such crazy stuff, yeah. um, which is, you know, you just kind of have to rock on and do it and collaborate with people who are like minded and don't try to force working with people that you just don't get along with. Because I've had some things like that where I'm like, oh, somebody's told me this person's really, really, really good. Maybe I should just like work with them. And then you just something's not clicking and they don't get what you're talking about. And you waste so much time then doing that when, you know, if you meet somebody who gets it, who maybe is less experienced or like, you know, something else, you're probably going to have a better product with them rather than somebody you're forcing like something with that's not going to work. Um, so that would be another piece of advice I would say <laughs> keep it real cool. yeah, yeah thanks so much for coming in best of luck I can't, we can't wait thanks. to uh, see the film we might get you back when you've done the feature film on oh yeah. yeah I'll be way more grown up then <laughs> and I'll like have much more grey hair I've got, started going grey in my fringe recently I'm like oh the filmmaking life is killing <laughs> is <that> your, <laughs> slowly these are the cat calls ones yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for yeah, having thanks me thank cheers, you. Kate. thank yeah, you cheers. no problem